supply shortages and logistical issues affecting business aviation. What you should know before ordering parts for your aircraft. From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for business aviation news. While we seem to be slowly returning to something resembling normalcy in the U.S., all it takes is a drive by a new car dealership while on your way to the airport to see that some things are still amiss. A crippling shortage of electrical components and other parts used in new vehicles today has led to plant shutdowns, idle delivery trucks, and empty lots. And if you've ordered parts lately for your business aircraft, you already know a similar situation is affecting our industry as well. Now, it's easy to lay the blame for all this on COVID-19, but while the pandemic has certainly been a factor, there are other reasons why you might be waiting a lot longer for aircraft parts for the foreseeable future. Earlier on, it was more just a logistical nightmare of trying to get the parts to us, and now it's more of an issue of actual parts supply. Ian Young is the chief of maintenance on a large cabin intercontinental business jet for executive jet management. Like a lot of flight departments, we drastically slowed down our operations after March of 2020. We were down to just doing our, our minimum required maintenance flights. Well, we did a little bit more than we were supposed to. We flew the airplane every two weeks just to cycle the gear and get everything moving, as opposed to the ma manufacturer's recommendations of once a month. The first issue we had was an air data computer, and that was in May of 2020. And fortunately, we did not have any pending flights, but we still wanted to get it fixed as quick as possible. It took us three days to get the computer, and that was because of shipping, not because of parts availability. So the part was available. We just couldn't get anybody to ship it to us. Also with me today are Peter Stodolsky, Assistant Maintenance Director for a flight operation in the northeastern U.S., and Nathan Winkle, President and Founder of Thoroughbred Aviation. All three of my guests today are members of the NBIA Maintenance Committee, and Nathan is also past chairman. Nathan, did this situation begin with the pandemic, or were there signs of trouble even before COVID-19? I think our parts challenges as an industry, business aviation industry, started pre-COVID, quite honestly. Just-in-time inventory created a, a weird place for business aviation where we would have a component failure or something that, that was due overhaul. And because of unscheduled events that happen in our industry, you know, we may be in situations with an actuator or a, a computer or whatever that there's not enough stock at the vendor. And so where you used to call up the OEM and say, hey, I need a stab control box, you still do that, but the OEM doesn't have it in stock. They have to go to the avionics manufacturer to get it. So we were already having challenges prior to COVID with just-in-time inventory when we have an on-demand industry, and, and it just didn't entirely mesh up, in my personal opinion. And now, once COVID has kicked in, almost immediately, we started to see challenges with acquiring parts, particularly from European and other international suppliers. Does this sound familiar to you as well, Peter? Yes, exactly. You know, pre-COVID, some of the consumable items, such as filters, O-rings, stuff of that nature, we were already seeing backlog there. And we've seen it increase tremendously as a result of the COVID pandemic. And, you know, even to bring up to Nathan's point, we've seen issues with our vendors. We have some overhauls due for like batteries or cap checks, stuff of that nature. Once COVID hit, people weren't really sure. So the vendors were unfortunately laying off people or furloughing people. And if we needed a battery cap checked or something of that nature, 
something that might have taken a couple days to a week might have been increased a couple weeks just because they laid off 50% of their battery shop. And now they're instead of 10 people in a battery shop doing cap checks, there's five people or six people and they're just working as fast and as hard as they can just to kind of produce the products that we need. Ian? Yeah, absolutely. We don't keep any parts on, on hand. There, we, we have some consumables and some light bulbs, a spare set of wheels and tires, so that kind of thing. But other than that, we do not stock any parts. So we really rely on the suppliers being able to get us the parts overnight in order to satisfy our requirements for the flight department. Fortunately, we did not have a very robust flight schedule for the entire year. And it was, it was a little lucky for us in that sense because we had time to fix the airplane. It was going to be two weeks before we flew it again. And so we weren't forced to adapt too much. But we really wouldn't have been able to adapt much in the first place. We, we, we never know what parts are going to fail on an airplane. And there's no sense in trying to keep two or $300,000 worth of parts on the shelf when those are probably not going to be the ones that break anyway. How have you adapted to the situation, Ian? And have these issues resulted in AOG or aircraft on ground as you've needed to wait for repairs? We have had AOG situations. It has not impacted it. We've been lucky enough that we have a few days to fix the airplane. We had the data concentrator module fail last week. It was supposed to be there overnight. There was a, an issue on, on both ends on that one. So the supplier issue was that they had to go back to the manufacturer who said they didn't have any in stock. So then we were forced to go into an AOG situation and they were able to procure a part and send it to us. However, at that point, FedEx ran into an issue and the overnight shipping became a two-day shipping. So we went from the airplane failing on Tuesday, supposed to have the part on Wednesday, where we got the part on Friday, and the flight was Saturday morning. It was close. We were able to make it. Had it been an overnight turn, we would have been late by two days. What about for you and your clients, Nathan? So our customers, you know, we have some aircraft we manage in the Midwest, and then we help folks buy airplanes and sell airplanes. We find that we have had some AOG events, Rob, that we have not been able to secure a part. In one particular case, a particular model of aircraft that's still in production, the component manufacturer is in Europe. And because of COVID restrictions and import challenges and other things, we needed a part for this aircraft. We were AOG eight days trying to get this part from Europe, and we're, we're not alone in that. We missed a total of 12 legs on that airplane over eight days. And then when we got the part, it was dead on arrival. So, you know, that's just one example. We tend to see with the smaller airplanes that are made in the U.S., those parts be more readily available, maybe than some of the larger cabin airplanes that have a diverse supplier base. And that's kind of the, been the crux for us. You know, it's interesting, Peter mentioned consumable items being sort of scarce on, even prior to uh, the pandemic. Echo that and have seen that as well. I, I would tell you it's interesting right now. There's a couple of tire manufacturers for large cabin business jets that aren't in the U.S. And as of last week, they had ran out of tires for certain models of aircraft, completely out of tires with really no timeline of when it's going to get replenished. That's sort of an odd place for these aircraft owners that have these on-demand tools. Peter? Yeah, we've definitely had our challenges within the past 18 months going on now with this pandemic. And sometimes we do work with a vendor. We're trying to get a, a part. And luckily, where we're located, we have a lot of operators within a five-mile radius. So all the operators within our region are able to kind of 
network with one another. So if we need a component that people might have, we're able to kind of work with each other to get us out of a jam. And then once the OEM is able to provide us with that component, we're able to replenish stocks. So we're we're pretty fortunate up here in the Northeast that we're able to kind of work with some local operators just to kind of keep the AOG situations down to a minimum. But if an AOG situation does happen, we're on the phone with our parts suppliers, constantly working with the back shop people trying to get items to us as quick as possible. And we understand, you know, we're just in a unique situation in the world as whole. And there's times you kind of have to take a different avenue that you're not accustomed to just to get a part or component that you need. So it's just very difficult times, but you just have to put your game face on and, you know, just make it happen somehow. We'll have more with our guests in just a moment. But first, this word from NBAA. NBAA Flight Plan listeners, get ready. Business Aviation's biggest event is back and in person. Register today at nbaa.org slash 2021. We'll see you there. We're back now with Nathan Winkle, Peter Stadolsky, and Ian Young, and our discussion about the current part support and supply chain issues affecting business aviation. Nathan, how have you seen the OEMs and the vendors you work with respond to this situation? I think they're doing all they can, the OEMs are, right? I really do. I think we're getting down to, you know, core materials, logistics, as as you mentioned, that the onset of this has certainly been a challenge. I mean, you know, used to you, the, the fastest way often to get a part was counter to counter via the airlines, you know, reduced airline schedules, then lack of drivers for the couriers. It's just a ripple effect that just the wave grows and grows and grows the further out it goes to this tsunami effect that we're having. I don't know what the fix is or, or when we see an end to it, to be honest with you, but it's frustrating for everyone involved. It's not like folks are turning a blind eye to it. That's for sure. What's been your experience, Ian? Has your OEM indicated when these shortages may be resolved? The communications we've seen have been more about explaining what is going on with a hopeful return to normality is, is what we've kind of seen. Nobody's given a date as to when they expect everything to come back or nobody has said this is how we're going to combat this issue. It's really been more of we're working on the problem. We realize there's a problem and we're doing everything we can kind of thing to, to reduce the impact to operators. And I, I believe they are. I mean, I, I don't think anybody wants to be buying this type of service. But from our experience and from what we've seen come through the, through the pipeline and through any kind of notifications or communications from the companies, it's just been they realize there's a problem and they're working to fix it. And as we've mentioned, this isn't only a manufacturing issue. The entire supply chain, including the shippers, are dealing with shortages as well. Right, Peter? It's funny as I'm sitting in a conference room watching FedEx and UPS take off and go, and the shipper suppliers are saying they were seeing the same type of packages being sent through the major hubs at a Christmas time basis. But for the Christmas rush, they add more people, more aircraft, more logistics to keep up with the demand. And quite frankly, the shipping suppliers weren't ready for the influx that they were seeing. And it's not just in, in aviation. It's people are now at home buying stuff online, having it delivered right to the house versus going to a store and buying that item that they would need. So it's just all the supply chains are really bogged down now just from a shipping standpoint, and they're being stressed every day you know they're just 
pushing packages as fast as they can and the demand and the volume just keep rising and rising and rising and rising. And it's, it's just a domino effect as what we're seeing right now. Peter, you mentioned before how consumables are among the most difficult items to keep in stock, even in more normal times. How are you planning ahead to account for other parts that may be similarly tough to procure in the months ahead? Every OEM publishes some of the high failure items. We always look at the aircraft that we operate. We work with our our field tech reps, our customer service managers, and kind of just bounce ideas off them like, hey, what's your availability for these top 20 items at our high failure rate on this particular aircraft? And our field tech reps, our customer service managers can say, hey, look, we understand that these are high failure item rate. We don't want to leave you guys high and dry. So they're kind of well aware of what the high items are failing and how quickly they can get them to the customers. And we try to stay on top of that. And also, if, if we know we're going to be doing some type of maintenance or inspection, instead of maybe ordering all of the consumable items we need for an inspection, say a week ahead of time, we're now pushing out our order a couple months ahead of time, just so we can let the the supply chain work. And we understand we're not AOG, we're not critical. So if somebody else needs that component that's scheduled to come for us, we're going to let them take it. But we're trying to get on the list early and get all of our parts here earlier. Nathan? Yeah, I, Peter's right on. I think, you know, what we're seeing and, and in the MRO world, I think what operators should be aware of is we also have this aircraft sales challenge, right, that, that, that makes this challenging, right? So where slots at the MROs are getting full and harder to get. So you need to plan your maintenance events much further out and specific to the topic at hand on parts. In a lot of cases, service bulletin kits, manage programs, just inspection kits generally we're finding that we need to get this stuff ordered months in advance and i don't know when we solve that i think we're going to have to really reevaluate the manufacturing mindset that comes with just-in-time inventory against an on-demand industry and, and what can happen when the supply chain has to shut down for all the right reasons are you taking similar steps ian well, with our aircraft, it's it's a newer one, so we depend pretty heavily on computers, and, and everything is controlled by a computer or even more minutely controlled by a, a printed circuit card. And I think we've all heard about the shortages of microchips for, I mean, every type of manufacturing. So the parts that we've experienced trouble with most often right now are the printed circuit cards, anything that's just a card that needs to go into a computer slot or a cabinet. And the larger parts, the actual actuators and the wheels and, and that kind of thing, those are more readily available, we've found, than any of the computer parts or printed circuit cards and that type of thing. I think uh, what we've heard lately is that the tires are going to become a problem. We have our tires overhauled by one of the local suppliers here, and, and they kind of said, hey, you know, there's, there's going to be a shortage coming up. If you guys can, you might want to buy some tires in advance. Um, I've looked around online and tried to find some of our manufacturers' data on that, which we haven't really seen, but we went ahead and bought a couple tires anyway, just in case. Yeah, I've read in a few places that we may also face a rubber shortage in the months ahead. Yeah, we have. Like I said, we bought the tires because those are not only, but a couple thousand dollars versus stocking a, you know, any one of the computers or display units that are, could be forty, fifty, sixty, dollars $150,000. So for us... What we're just trying to do is, is, is a kind of our standard operations. We try to mitigate this by staying ahead of any kind of squawks or anything that seems like it's starting to, to send us little nuisance messages every once in a while. 
we'll try and stay ahead of it by ordering the part and, and getting it changed out, obviously, before it hard fails. And then, of course, if it does hard fail and we can't get it, we, we defer it and keep moving on until we can get the part. That's great advice. What other tips would you give to flight operations right now as we all cope with this situation? We try and plan for an extra day anytime we can. Of course, everybody in aviation tries to plan for more time, which we never have. But if we can get it, we try to. Um, And then if it's really going to be something that's flight critical, we've started using the courier system. So it's it's $1,000 more expensive, but it has a better track record. We can track it all the way along the way. We can see exactly what airline flight it gets on. It gets put in somebody's hands and they, they deliver it to me personally. It is a more expensive option, but it is more reliable. So if it really is something that we are concerned about is flight critical and we are in a true AOG situation, we typically are are now using the courier system as opposed to trying to rely on FedEx like we've done in the past. It's good to remember that when we're sitting there waiting for a part and it doesn't show up and we get frustrated. And then I'm, I'm absolutely guilty of this, you know, oh, come on, like, what, what, it's FedEx, it's guaranteed overnight. They don't have another airplane that they can scramble. Well, they probably don't, right? I mean, they're at they're at their max capacity and it's good to be understanding of everybody's plights at this time, not just our own. <laughs> That's a very good point. We do occasionally need to remind ourselves that we're all sort of in this together right now. Nathan, what would you recommend? One thing that we have to do as aviation managers and I think as, as stewards of our industry, I think one of the things we really have to do is set clear expectations with our aircraft owners. You just need to be really clear. When you remove a part, you got to get that core back to wherever it belongs, right? If that's the component manufacturer or the OEM, as quickly as possible. You know, and, and I think everybody tries to do that typically, but, but it's also kind of like the cleanup after the fire sort of approach, right? It's It needs to be done, but we'll ship that part tomorrow when we come in. And it's really becoming critical to get those core units out so we can keep parts in the system and and at the repair stations. They're understaffed, you know, and we also, oh, by the way, have this whole thing with a personnel shortage, and it really affects at the shop level from a maintenance standpoint. So we're losing some talent at the same time. And, And again, it's sort of this perfect storm effect we're seeing. Indeed. Peter, what advice do you have for business aviation flight operations right now? I know for us as an operator, we're the ones where we call up an OEM for a component. We get the component in first thing in the morning, install it on the aircraft. And by the time we're installing the component, doing all of our paperwork, operational checks, that component is already in a box and it's being dropped off at one of the shipping suppliers within a couple hours after being taken off an aircraft. So it's being sent back to an OEM for evaluation. And even our own personal rotable stock, you know, we take a component that is either a hard failure or or time limit item. The days of saying, oh, we'll just get to it next week to kind of get all of our paperwork in order and send it out to a vendor to get it serviced. As soon as it's coming off the aircraft, we're we're immediately putting it in a box, sending sending it to the vendor. And then once it gets to the vendor, we're staying in touch with the vendor. We're not just saying, hey, call us when it's ready. We're, we're having good communication. We're establishing open lines of a communication with a representative from the vendor and saying, what's the status of this component? And we just understand that they're fighting with their supply chain too about getting items in to repair a component in a serviceable condition. So it's like you guys said, it's, a, it's, a, it's that perfect storm scenario right now, but we can't be 
pestering people, but we just have to be kind and courteous and just keep on them and push them to the best of our ability. NBAA is continuing to monitor this issue, and information about this situation and other maintenance-related topics and concerns for our industry is available at nbaa.org maintenance. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes at Apple Podcasts in the App Store. Wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including by asking Alexa or another connected device, or download them from nbaa.org. I'm Rob Finfrock. Thanks for listening, and be sure to join us next time for a new episode of Flight Plan. Flight Plan.